I'm glad that the people really dig my style. I'm glad that pleasure dedicated moody mood to me. There I go, there I go. Then I heard all about Eric Jefferson. He knocked me out. I have tried since the very first of 44. When in the army, all the cats they showed me how to blow. All the people they say I'm a genius now, but I don't know. I got away with Dizzy Fan in 1946. I had a ball blowing with all the cats. Man, I got my kicks. Then I went off to France and got some records there. I never thought that folks would all be singing everywhere. Still, I'm happy because I've only tried to prove swing's a thing. folks, money, 
That's what we need you to help us out with. This is the Flat Black Plastic Show. Thanks. Flat Black Plastic Show. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Community Thrift for uh, all this cheap music. Thank you, people, for voting. And uh, oh, thank heaven for 7 Eleven.
We can't lie awake Waiting on the sunrise We can't lie awake Waiting on our own demise We are lying To ourselves to counteract All the lying That's been done behind us
Listening to Mission Music. I'm your co-host Stefan Aronson from Balance Breakfast. I'm Jason, and I am from Great Highway. And I am Corey from Silence No Good. And we are joined from some musical guests. Who do we have in the studio with us? Hi, this is Leanne from New Spell. And this is Adam. And I'm Adam Brooks. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. Yeah. I like how everybody always calms down once we start. Did you notice that? Did we all go into yeah. NPR mode. Yeah. You, you, I think it's your fault, Stefan. Yeah, definitely. You start it, and then everyone's like, oh, I'm ha- oh I guess I'm not a doctor. I am happy with my NPR voice. <laughs> I am 100% happy yeah, with it's it. Better I have no problems voice. with it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited to have both of you in here. Um, I know why I wanted both of you in here, but the guests don't know why I wanted both of you in here. Oh, yeah. Surprise. Because one of you is the murderer. Oh, good. I just saw Clue last night. (laughs) You just had to pull the cards out at the right time, and I think it was done with rope. Rope in the green room? I'm eating. Sorry. I know. (laughs) I'm going to tell you if I hear it, because that's the worst. The, um, well, let me tell you, the, the, in case no one has figured it out yet, you guys have a show together. Yes, we do. True. Yeah. <laughs> what would you they like, knew that, right? What would you like people to know about this show that you have together? Uh, it is going to be on December 7th at Elbow Room Jack London. <laughs> and uh, I will be, or New Spell, will be releasing a, it's our release party for a single and uh, music video so uh yeah is this really a, is that a single that's out already or you haven't no oh, it's not released no yet. not released yet yeah. so it'll be released on december 6th december 7th we're playing we have a full lineup of all electro acts uh from around the bay um donnie service and the prowlers who um is going to be playing music by some of our um ghost ship uh friends uh Mm. to honor them um so he'll be playing some music by intro flirt and ghost uh ghost lightning i think i said that wrong anyways um and then anyway so it's dining service and the prowlers and then um there's going to be bells ring and then adam brooks Mm. and then me what do you think of that adam brooks guy 
He's all right. He's, He's in the room. Right? I think you have something coming out around then, too, I do. Right? I, I was actually trying to release a new single for this show, and just, you know, life gets away from you. And so it's going to come out, like, probably after New Year's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just kidding. Jeez, Lazy Bones. Recording, <laughs> is, recording music's so easy. What's your problem? I know it is. So so quick and yeah. painless. Just crank it out. <laughs> yeah. It's the easiest it's thing all in the world. Actually, it's all the other stuff that's not easy. So how does Adam Brooks compare to Danger Maker? Um, well, it's just me. Less, yeah. Less flowy hair. Less hair. Um, you, had, you used to have longer hair? No, one of his bandmates has hair. Pretty much everyone <laughs> the else. Yeah. Hair. yeah. Yeah, the combination more of hair is less. More toenails, more oh, okay. eyes, pretty much more everything. Yeah. yeah. Usually when there's fewer people, there's also fewer hairs total. That's true. true. Yeah, which is yeah. nice. I like I that. I find. So one, of my, so one of my friends listened to the show and they were like, thanks for um, providing the comedic relief. But today, I think, Jason, I think you're on it today. I'm always the comedic relief. I'm the funniest thought, guy in this room. I thought I was the... No, uh, no I'm barely definitely the most hilarious. <laughs> this feels like a morning show, but at night. Yeah. yeah. Like balanced breakfast. I'll take night. that. It's because of that NPR thing that we yeah. <laughs> We all like lowered our tone. We went, we're using our inside voices now. It's like, I, I, great. Hey, it's like I, kindergarten. I still really like my NPR voice. You it's know? great. It's very Probably. relaxing. Yeah. If you want to talk to me about your life. That can take you somewhere. Let's we just it. want you all to feel like this is a tiny desk thing, you know? We want to give that vibe out. It feels like that. Instead, it's like Doesn't a 1970s broken board of <laughs> knobs and things. Yeah. And if you it's ever. vintage. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then why is half of it covered with plastic so you don't touch it? I was wondering the same vintage. thing. <laughs> why yeah. is that? Yeah, I think it's, it's either a mixture of it's vintage or um, it's broken. Uh-huh. Or don't touch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Just don't touch that thing. Probably all three. No touch. Broken is just is just vintage waiting to be fixed. No wait, bro- vintage is just yeah, you know. So I know what you're. It's one, one of those two things. Yeah. One man's broken is another man's community radio station. Yeah, there you go. Nailed it. Bored. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. So what was the question? I, yeah, exactly. I was gonna go back to that. What's Adam I, Brooks like? I Talk. like what you're doing with your new music in the sense that I feel like you have more freedom to just try things and like, just to like, you're not you're you, you don't have a history of like this is what Danger Maker does and you just you are doing things that you're excited about. Well, that's exactly why I'm doing it. Um, well, I like, nailed it. You did. Um, yeah. So, long story short, Danger Maker reached a point where I felt like. Um, We'd figured out a sound for ourselves, and everything that I brought in had to fit in that little sound. Yeah. And on one hand, like, that's not an easy thing to do. It, it, it was exciting to do that, and then after a couple of years of that, it became sort of confining and boring for me, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. And then I just had new song ideas that didn't really fit in there. Tried to bring them in there, and it just didn't work, so... Are you planning on yeah. having one one defined sound for your solo project, or are you going to no, move between? Really. Yeah, no, and, just explore. And I'm I'm so I'm planning an album release probably in the spring next year. Yeah. Um, and I think when people hear it, when you guys hear it, you'll you'll hear. I'm taking from a lot of places that I didn't before. Um, yeah. Rap, hip hop. Well, yeah. There's there's a little of that. There's three songs with featured rappers, um, which is. Cool. Like way out of the box of what I've done before, but you know, I grew up with hip hop. I'm love, not a rapper. I love featured rappers. Yeah, 
great if you're not a rapper, you need featured rappers because <laughs> they know how to do it and you don't. Um, so anyway, I, but I've done some production work on that kind of stuff, so I like it, you know? And at, at a point, it's like, well, that's, yeah. that's part of what I want to do. I always think so. it's really weird when a solo artist is kind of boring when they go solo, which happens a surprisingly large amount of times. Like yeah. they get, you, you see an interview with them and they're all super excited <clears throat> about their debut album. And you're, you're like anticipating something really eccentric. And then it's just like, you know, I don't know, acoustic. Are you talking folk. about someone in particular? It's me. It's me. It's my acoustic folk. It's my disappointing acoustic album. Nobody even listened to it. It came out and went. It's gone. Let's listen to it right now. It's disappointing. Put it on. Put it on. I think it depends, like, if they're coming from a project that was, the, uh, uh, you know, the result of many people together creating yeah. something above what any one of them could do. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I also think some, some people just want to see if they can go solo, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't really like have a plan for it, you know, or they're mm-hmm. not like, it's not like it especially inspires them, but they just want to do it, you know, to like tick, tick it off a list. But I think it goes better if there's real passion. Yeah. I've decided it does. Mm. <laughs> I want to hear your all saxophone album. It's like, <laughs> just so I went solo. it's just an hour of careless whisper. Yeah. I went solo <laughs> and not yeah, you're layering all these different sized saxophones. Mm. Yeah. I was in the studio today trying to create an or a brass orchestra with just my sax and a bunch of plugins and, uh, failed completely. Was it a good day? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess I had fun. Yeah. But I get nothing done. Yeah. That happens, though, in the studio sometimes. Six hours go by, you're like, hmm, well, none of that worked. Yeah, that happens. It <laughs> <laughs> sucks. The, um, who, um, did you get Cardi B on your uh, new um, release? No. Okay, not featuring Cardi B. Kanye West. Cardi B. Out of, out of budget. You gonna have I'm any, afraid. you gonna have any Spanish on your new album? I feel like these are trends. It's either there's some Spanish on there or no. it's got Cardi B. Mm-hmm. No. A little reggaeton. Yeah. No. That's just, just. I'm all for that, but it's just not. <laughs> not your thing. No. Yeah. You're gonna bring back the the baby crying sound on your new album. I could baby easily. Baby crying sound. <clears throat> like in the background. Music thing? Um, what's that track that's like, um, baby girl, uh, you know, baby got back. No, it's like I'm the man from the boom boom boom. Oh yeah. Boom, boom, it's like. Boom, boom. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't remember the exact <laughs> words. It's a good song. I think it's Timbaland produced. So nineties. Also also not on the album, but But I'm all for it. I mean you have a baby. That's my I do. See I'd make things that tie in is just deep cuts. People have to know that he's Solo and has a kid yeah, with his dead wife. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm trying to keep that like take a break from that baby from the sound. baby thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of the point. Wow. <laughs> for for how it's many? It's hard, man. How many hours a day um, are you allowed to take a break from that baby thing? <laughs> uh, we 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 have a good situation. Yeah, I I get I get breaks. Yeah, that's not a number. It's all it's a ever fluctuating number. Uh, yeah. Sometimes sitting every day is different. Sometimes sitting in amnesia, getting some free time by yourself, just like thinking about life. Yeah, that's nice. Leanne, what's your what's your getaway? What's my getaway? Yeah, what like what like what are you either trying to get away from? What's your what's your baby that you're? (laughs) Where are you? Where are you running to? And why are you running? What's my baby? (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to get away from right now is I have like uh, 
I've been overusing my uh, my texting finger. I think is really what oh. it is. So I'm, I'm trying to get away from from uh, some some physical pain. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna bring it really down right yeah. now. Just bring yeah. the energy really I didn't, down. I, you, did you have a cast on there? I didn't notice it's, that. Yeah, when you it's in. well, it's like a sprint. A sprint. <laughs> it's, it's like a runner. Sprint. It's like a runner. You should have said it was from playing so much keyboard. That would have been badass. It's from. It's actually from type. Probably being at the computer. Oh, a little do you have arthritis? I hope not. Jeez. Oh God, they're telling secrets. I never get to know. I'm the odd man out. That like it doesn't work so. Yeah. Doesn't oh, work. Was you, was it was trying to do behind the scenes whispering, and you guys wrecked it. I'm all. so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so very lonely. You guys are horrible. I I um I was okay. Here's what I was excited about. Now that you've like wrecked the the moment of just like chill, secretive in the background doing things. <laughs> um, Corey found the track that I was referring to. Oh. So it just oh seemed. Oh my gosh. It just seemed like we instead don't have of the internet though, so it, it might be a little difficult. This is the you baby. You have to connect to the Wi-Fi. The baby track. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like instead of instead of you guys looking at me like I'm a crazy person, it's a really good. Corey, I know what you were dude. talking. We no, everybody but me knows. I'm just over here being clueless. Which I'll be the mean? audience and just not understand what any of this radio show is about. Yeah. What are you guys <laughs> doing? Nothing. Here? It's, like it's, it's the Seinfeld of radio shows. The, the you want me to do that? Oh God! You guys suck now at radio. I'm, te- now I'm, I'm supposed to be able to hand you things like be, with nobody Dex looking, and you can just. Like, what are you handing me right now? <laughs> you guys gotta get gotta get used to that. There's no cameras on us, and we can hand things secretly back and forth, and you don't ask what I'm handing you. Mm. Okay, there you go. No I did your today. tech support for you. I still don't know what this show's all about, though. <laughs> still don't get. I don't get the purpose. Yeah. Can't you just like play stock music or something? Yeah, probably. Um, Hey, Leanne. Hey. I think you're great. Aw, thank you. Yeah, I'm a fan of New Spell. Aw, thanks. I have questions. Sure. For New Spell. Great. Of time. Yes. Part one. Yes. And part two. Yes. Will there be a part three? Yes, there will. Oh, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Of time part three is in production. It would have felt weird if there wasn't because it's four. I think it's four songs on each one. And eight songs is such a weird number. Yeah. For like an eventual, because I'm assuming this is sort of forms an album, it's Power an album. Rangers style. It's like, yeah, it's form an album. of album. And it's of time, there's 12 <laughs> songs, just like there's 12. Oh my clock. God. I know. Becky. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but we might have 13 songs. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know. So it's like an evil clock. Maybe. <laughs> Just depends on if we can get our act together. Maybe 13 should be like a secret track. Can't do secret tracks anymore. On Bandcamp, you can. That's Bandcamp. Can you? We love you. Huh? How do you do a secret track on Bandcamp? I'll, does, I'll it still, show you. does it still have the you number? Can like, you can include it. Yeah, yeah, you can include it. And then, actually, um, of time part two, if you bought it from Bandcamp, you were gifted with two acoustic tracks. What? Yeah. So, wait, then it's going to be 15 o'clock? Don't, don't worry about that. Oh, <laughs> so confused. Don't worry about that part. I'm so confused. That's cool. I, I was beginning to think there wouldn't be an of time part three because yeah. then you put a single out. That single is going to be on part three. Oh my gosh. Jason, aren't you on to this like singles thing? You're supposed to le- no, release singles before singles. you release an album. I'm the last, I'm the last man writing making albums, I think. And no also part. because it takes us so long to go from one EP to the next. Yeah. So long. Does it? Yeah. How long did it take you between one and two? I guess I wasn't paying attention. We it wasn't that long. 2016, 2018, and then 2020. So two years. Yeah. Well, That's not bad. No. 
Okay. But you're doing the full money. You're like going to Pyramind or something, right? And doing professional, all the all that jazz. Yeah. It takes a long time to it does. work up the money and the time and energy. And, totally. Yeah. And then there's the pain. Oh, the pain. The pain. I just wanted the to bring revisions. it back down to that pain. <laughs> the ache. Are, we're, are we supposed to be music. listening to a, a song right now? Yeah, let's listen With to a that baby. song. With a baby. Oh, wow. Is, what is this? Is this you? You don't, you don't remember that? No, it's not. I think it's Timbaland. I was about to be really impressed. <laughs> this is the one that has the baby sound in it. <laughs> you don't remember this at all? Nope. You were like listening to electronic music or something? Pretty much. In the 90s? Yeah. I'm not hearing the baby yet. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It comes after her. Okay. What is it like? I hate that wet drum sound. Oh, I love that. I've always been annoyed by that one. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you don't gargle, do it as well. <laughs> gargling salt in the background. <laughs> Poor drums are drowning. Here we go. It's somewhere in here, yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yet there. Yet there it is. Oh, that's Keep horrible. So were we saying that's that this synth. was in his song? Sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a synthesizer. Is it? Yeah, with like a baby? vocoder. Yeah, it's not a baby. Are you one of those it's guys that baby? can just pick out weird... Pretty much. I, I need to figure like, this shit out. You know, you can hear things in tracks and be like, that's a kazoo with a probably. overdrive on it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I should, we should test him. <clears throat> I'm, should uh, yeah, him test, test me. Throw it at me. Yeah, we Boom. should do More studio track tests. That was not a human. I have a... I like this. This is good. Do you guys ever listen to Caravan Palace? Do you know that? Do you know that act? Mm-hmm. Like electro swing? Uh-uh. They're so good. They have this new track. What and are they called? Caravan Palace. They're from like, they're like European. They're electro, like super uh, dance, dance pop with like swing music in it. Because mm-hmm. they have like a trombone and a like, like, sax uh, what's and that? a bunch of stuff. Pink martini or something? Like, kind of like, like, like Prov Stellar or like, uh, no one's going to know any of this stuff. Bo- Boogie Belgique. No, nothing. Anyway, European DJs that do swing. Anyway, mm-hmm. they have like weird uh, kazoo and, and brass so- sounds and stuff that, that are like always underwater and shit. And I, I have like a, I have literally a list at home of like, find out what, you know, at these time codes on these songs someday. Find out what these are wow. and remake this sound. So your your plan is to get a Home Depot bucket and put your saxophone deep into that bucket yeah. of water and yeah, just start yeah. blowing. Yeah, I'm gonna get a series of crates and put brass instruments in them, and then I'm gonna kick the crates really hard until sounds come out of it. Nice. Wow. <laughs> How much is this show gonna cost? <laughs> it's gonna be really expensive. Every time I, mean, I do a show, I'm gonna kill eight brass you know instruments. You probably be really good at that. Is are those guys that like make the sound effect? in movies right mm-hmm. they probably oh foley artists or whatever is yes. that what you're talking about those guys yeah they yeah. would probably know yeah well it sounds like he knows too he's maybe you I like this missed your calling yeah i have a lot of i get stumped Sound a design. lot i get stumped on it sometimes i hear something and i just with electronic music especially and i'm like i don't know if this is a synth or a voice or like a hmm. well you know like every year there's new plugins and new everything yeah. changes so mm-hmm. yeah hard, you, you know to keep up with that <laughs> do you do you keep are you so you're a producer a little as bit well? a little bit yeah what do you what uh what are you working with you 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government, and it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! $4.99. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material and I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. around in it on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? 
Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com.
All right, everybody. Uh, this is an exciting moment in time. This is the second hour of the AltaCast, and we got old Dumbface on the line. Dumbface back in the building. <laughs> Steve Poggi, how you doing? Well, I'm just my first visit to a Missouri dispensary. Oh my God! So you're uh, you're medicinal. Yeah, like very badly needed. I, I can't believe it's legal there that now. That's amazing. That's fantastic. So, uh, get any nightmare juice, or you just went straight with the? Uh... No, uh, <laughs> I went with edibles that are five THC milligrams uh, and twenty-five CBD milligrams. All right. I should have so, sent you some in the box because I'm trying I'm... to manage stress levels and anxiety, and I wanted to call you right afterwards. Of course, I forgot that I'm driving my stick ship truck. Ah. I got a 97 Dodge Dakota that's a manual just because my first truck was a manual, and I thought, God damn, I love driving this thing. Sure. Like, just, you'll feel like a kid again. Yeah, but it's just, uh, it's really impractical for doing anything like talking on the phone, eating, <laughs> smoking. You're like, oh, yeah, how the fuck did people used to do this? Drive with their knees, I think, or yeah. I don't think they had cell but phones back then. <laughs> I, I got a hot button issue for you, Pam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told you that I'm just leaving the dispensary now. Yeah. Um, first of all, not my first choice uh, as far as medically addressing my issues. Um, you know, my PTSD causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks. Because of the situation I'm in now, I got like incredibly high stress levels like i can feel like my chest like tightening like i'm starting to like physically feel uh the effects of the stress situation on me you're getting triggered like a motherfucker uh yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it's what's fucked up is it has to do with uh marijuana specifically um now that i'm a parent but you know the problem is is that you know get your medical marijuana card you got to do a little online telehealth Zoom thing. You know, tell the guy what your problem is. If you got PTSD, anxiety, a bulging nut sack, whatever. <laughs> and then um, you got to wait like three, four days, maybe a little bit longer. It's not instantaneous. They, well, they do it. They, they look at your LinkedIn. They check, do a whole background search. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It, I don't know if it's because it's relatively new here. If. It's just the time it takes to process uh, the applications. It's to put you on that list. <laughs> but there is some time frame. Now, for me to see the psychiatrist um, to get medications that I've already been on to address my anxiety, I just didn't have any anxiety for like, God, probably two and a half, maybe three years. So all the medications I did have expired mm. or I ran out and I didn't feel the need to refill them well for me to see like uh an actual psychiatrist to get a prescription that would be acceptable at my job whereas this is not um you're looking at the range of about two and a half to three months on a waiting list wow and so like if you find yourself in an emergency situation there isn't a quick fix to anything wow so I told you. How far away well, is Canada? Wait, wait. How far away is Canada? How far away is Canada? Mexico? 
You can Canada is fucking a lee pop and a bop. Okay, because you could get if you need to get Zanny bars or you need to get any of those kinds of things, you can get them from Canada. I bet you could even get them through the mail. Well, now that you mention that, like, because I was taking hydroxyzine, um, um, which is actually an antihistamine but treats anxiety for like light panic attacks, heavy panic attacks. I had Klonopin. Right, 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 right. And they would give me like 14 of those at a time. Also, fun fact, if you go into a psychiatrist as a new patient and start naming the medications you want, they fucking look at you with some cross eyes. Right, they, they don't want to give them to you because they go, why would you know what midazolam is? <laughs> yeah. So, now one of the reasons for all this is uh, back in September, my teenager... Um, had to be put into a psychiatric facility as an inpatient. Heavy and stuff. She did seven days inpatient and then probably about four weeks of outpatient, three times a week, four hours a day. Um, for a host of issues. Um, you know, she's been through a lot of traumatic events in her life and biologically she's predisposed uh, to mental health stuff. So when something's going on, there's no real way to kind of pinpoint what it is. Right. She's, so she gets out of there. She does great. Uh, well, around three weeks ago, um, she decided to run out of her meds. Um, and under the guise that it's more fun to do. Oh. So me and the wife didn't find out about this until she got submitted into inpatient again on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. And then I hacked into her cell phone and then we got the full fucking scoop of shit. Right. It's more fun to so, be manic or it's more fun to not yeah, it to was like feel a feelings. lot of oh. sexual promiscuity. Oh. Um, you know, Leading up to this, we had a pregnancy scare, which is weird because she's on birth control. Decided she wasn't going to be taking that either. Wow. Went off everything. Was just smoking weed. Like, she's basically, she gets out of there. She's on, like, a Russian gulag fucking setup. Right, because she was playing, she saw Euphoria on HBO, and she's like, I know how to get this done. Yeah, I mean, she said that she watched that show. She actually, there was a yeah. text message I read where a boy asked her about it. Oof. But, uh, like, she she lost all of her personal property. Sure. No like cell phone, she, no computer, no TV. No stuffed animals, no door on her room. She has a bed and clothes, and that's it. Everything else has been donated, thrown out, given to friends, lost everything. Wow. Uh, Good parenting. And then searching through a room, we found like two ounces of weed. <gasps> That's a lot of weed for a 16-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Like, she was going. I mean, I've got a pound, but I'm an adult. Phone. Oof. Yeah. Dude, I'm, this thing is like, she doesn't really have any bills. She's got a little job. She works at a restaurant for my brother. And... uh She's fucking got cash everywhere. I found like two hundred and forty dollars clearing out a room, hmm. plus fifteen hundred in the bank. Like, Ooh, not saving for college. Because she's <laughs> taken care of, but now it's like some affluenza kind of situation. Sure. 
Ah, well, she's got so much money. She's like, I'm gonna buy drugs. I got to. Well, it's like I understand what that feels like because I feel like a 16 year old girl, except I'm an adult. And as a 47 year old woman, I get to make the choice to act like a 16 year old girl. And I just bought a pound of weed the other day, for personal use. But I'm an adult, so it's different. Like. Yeah, of course, when you're 16, you want to live that life. You want to have promiscuous sex and smoke as much weed as you want. But you got to wait till you're an adult. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and especially, like, not only that, like, she's on a host of different medications. And mm. she's one of those people that has side effects to fucking everything. Mm. So we got to try to figure out what medication's causing what side effect, unless it's a side effect from the trauma response or a misdiagnosis. Sick. Like, basically, she got diagnosed bipolar. She's on lithium now. She's got to get her blood drawn once a month. Oof. And, uh, <clears throat> so... Does she journal? Do you make her write things down? Or, because, I mean, how do you oh, track she, behaviors? So much fucking money on medical and therapy treatments. And the thing is, is she just doesn't want to do it. Hmm. What's her buy-in? So she needs to be invested in her own mental health. What's her buy-in? You know, you got to get her to be like, it's more fun to be together than it is to be, I don't know, wild and apart. And (sighs) teenage girls are tough. Now is like, hey, you're going to take care of yourself and do this stuff. Otherwise... All those text messages between you and your friends where your friends are saying they're spending the night at our house and they're willing to have sex in the park and smoke weed. I'm going to give them text messages to the principal of your school. So they have to deal with the school, the cops, and their fucking parents. So unless you really want your friends to get fucked over, you better step up to the plate and start playing the fucking ball game. Nice. This is such good parenting. It's, like, amazing because, I mean, if you just gloss over it, She's going to run away. She's going to start doing meth, uh, you know. Dude, and I'm, I'm in an uphill battle because my wife is not on the same page. Oh. Like, what prompted me to go to a dispensary is that she told me that when they first moved into this house a couple years ago, she actually smoked pot with my teenage daughter. Oh. And like, You're a fucking idiot. That's like... You know, I, I I don't understand why she's so obsessed with sex. Like, I told her when we started that porno together, this is a one-time kind of deal. <laughs> so you're back I'm in like, comedy. That's good. Dude, I, searching her room, I found so many vibrators. Really? I don't. I found what I would describe as an alarming amount of vibrators. Why do you need so many? I only, because, you need one. I mean, you only got two hands. Right, exactly. I don't see... She, these are like fucking Pokemon. She had to collect them all <laughs> these goddamn buzz donners. And I don't know what she was doing with these things. Like, there was so many, it could have shaken my house off its foundation. <laughs> and they're expensive. I guess this is her job, but she invests in sex toys and marijuana. I mean, sounds like a, it, it sounds like a cool lady if she was like 32. <laughs> I, I know. And so the thing is, is, She's fucking, like, we have, like, there's all these problems. Basically, she can't just get out of inpatient and come home. Mm. Like, we need to buy more time. Yeah. So we're actually putting her into a, like, the facility she's at, they have a rehab unit. Sure. That's inpatient for marijuana that she's going into. 
it, you know, it's the thing about marijuana is that you've got to wait till your brain is fully formed till you start, you know, killing the cells. So it's just, it's like, just wait, just wait till you're an adult. Isn't being a kid yeah. fun enough? Like you have imagination and your whole, like you get to be a kid, be a kid. Why do you want to be an adult so fast? Uh, I, I mean, don't know. It I think feels it's porn. Super fucked up and hypocritical to be like, hey, uh, go ahead, run the insurance, see if they'll accept her into the rehab program for weed. Call me, let me know. But uh, if I don't answer, it's just because I'm getting medical marijuana and I'll get to you as soon as I get out. Like, Right. Except that it's the, don't think of it that way. I mean, it's the same thing that alcohol is a legal drug that people are legally allowed to consume when they're 21. There's a reason why there's an age limit. There's a reason why we don't let 16-year-olds do, you know, legal beer bongs because they're going to die because they're dumb because they're kids. And it's society saying, hey, you know what? I know, I know that you want these things. You just, you have to wait till you're a little bit smarter because right now you're a kid and you're dumb and you don't know. You don't know when you drink too much and some guy takes advantage of you and then they say it's your fault because you were drunk and you're like, what? I can't, I don't remember, but I know it happened and I remember, I mean, all of these things can be avoided if you're an adult and you're you know, thinking a little harder about yourself and your surroundings. You have a little more fear, you know? <sighs> yeah, that's the problem is that her accountability isn't there. It's like, she, she like, yeah, I, I was promiscuous and smoking pot all the time. That's what mania is, okay? And it's like, right. yeah, well, stupid, you're still fucking responsible for your actions. Right. Like, she, she wants to portray it as... She's a victim of her condition that she was aware of in this marriage, like cleaning her room. There's like a three-ring binder with three-inch rings full of information that was collected and explained to her sentence by sentence through this outpatient program. But in talking to her therapist, her therapist is like, dude, I've taught her plenty of coping skills. She just flat-out refuses to use them. Wow. I mean, she, I think that your, but your limits are going to be maybe you're trying to force a bottom for her, you know? Cause right now it's like, she doesn't see, she, the, she's like at the bottom, but she doesn't see it as a bottom, you know? Like it's time to change your behavior. Your behaviors aren't helping you. Right. She's trying everything to do what she, but her, the way she's doing it isn't, isn't working. So it's time to try something else. She's doing everything she can to avoid the consequences of her actions. Right. Because we were like, last night we were like, hey, check it out. Uh, you don't own anything anymore. Like, you don't even have stuffed animals. That shit's a goodwill, son. That's gone. And uh, you're going to follow this program that we have designed that's for you to strictly focus on your health yeah. and school. Right. And if you don't want to do that program, you know, you're going to go live with your dad who was incredibly verbally abusive and is like the last person you want to send your kid to. But at the same time, we've gone through so many other things that we're at that stage now to where it's like, you got to get with the pack or you got to get packing. Well, you're, you're giving her a bottom house with all this going on. You're, you're creating the bottom for her so that she makes a choice. It's either, you know, yeah, the easiest, the, what, what are you going to, how are you going to live your life? You got to, it's one of those things about life though, is that 
you gotta jump. We're all here together, and there's hoops we have to jump through, and it sucks. I hate, I hate all the hoops, but you gotta do it. It's like if you get a job, you have to show up on time. Yeah. And yeah. if you can't, then you're gonna get fired. It's real life, and when you're a kid, you get to practice these things. But she's just trying to play adult and not. That's the beauty of alcohol that I realized. I've been sober now 23 days. Is that nice? I thank you. I realized the reason I love alcohol so much is that it removes responsibility for my behavior because I don't remember it. So I wake up and I'm like, eh, I'm sure it was fine. I don't remember. And so none of my behavior has any consequence because I don't remember, Yes, which is like terrible. And so, but usually the thing is I trust myself. So I'm like, oh, I'm a happy drunk. But sometimes, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I black out Pam. She is pretty nice, but she could do stupid. I mean, she falls down. All kinds of things like that. I hurt, you know. But I'm 23 days sober and I realized like why I enjoy drinking. I love putting the blinders on so I don't recognize all the things that are happening around me. It's like night. It's this fuzzy feeling of like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything. I get it. Right. But when, I'm in a make-believe world. I live in a, yeah, I live in a make-believe world where everything's great and everything. But I mean, I've been feeling. I, this was a crazy thing. My first week off of booze. I had physical withdrawal symptoms and I didn't expect that. And that's where I sort of had to come to Jesus talk with myself. I was like, oh my God, I'm having physical withdrawal. I didn't think I was physically addicted to alcohol. I didn't think that at all. And what I, were you experiencing like? I got shakes uh, where I was, there was a night that I was at Milk Bar and I had this big bottle of almond milk that I couldn't eat for a while because I was just like, my body was like, no food, don't eat. And I was like, I need to eat. So I was drinking this big thing of almond milk and I was at Milk Bar and I remember like my arm, I was shaking, I could barely drink it. And I was like, this is fucked up. And that was day three. So it was basically the first day that my body was like, oh, there's absolutely no alcohol in you anymore. It was three days after, right. I think, my last drink. And I got the shakes and then I got blinding headaches for three days after that whole weekend it was so the shakes came on thursday then friday saturday i had blinding headaches i took a covid test it wasn't covid and i was like i kind of had a break a little breakdown because i was like oh my god i'm physically addicted to alcohol i I didn't realize i drank that much so the body wants it now right and my brain was like i have no desire to drink but you know, I was shaky on that Saturday and I was doing a comedy show and I had this blinding headache and I was like, I know exactly what will f- fix this situation. A free glass of wine from Atlas Cafe where I do my show and I get my free booze. Uh, and I didn't do it. And I was like, good. I was like high-fiving myself like, good job, Pam. Good job, Pam. You did it. So now I, I have no desire to drink. But, and, and now the physical stuff is gone too. So I'm like, oh, huh. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to go back to it in March. I don't know. Right. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, I, I fucking, I went back to drinking a little bit uh, as these panic attacks came to try to deal with it, which, you know, it helps for like an hour or so, maybe yeah. like two hours. And then after that, it's like a 10x multiplier as far as making it worse. Oof. But, uh, you know, when I'm at work, I'm fine because work is so dangerous that you're constantly doing threat analysis on potentially dangerous situations. Right. But then when I get home or I got to go sit in fucking school for a week, it's fucking, it's, it's horrible. Like I'm, I'm constantly looking for threats that don't exist. Right. Your brain is not 
we, well, you need the occupation of your brain wants to be occupied by threat because that, so I get it. But it's like yeah. all of a sudden that's gone and then you have to replace it with something and then all the stress from life comes in and you're like, ah, how do I fix this situation? This is a threat. How do I alleviate the threat? But then you feel powerless as opposed to during your job, and, you're in control of the threat. I mean, I, I have a therapist. I have a psychologist. The psychiatrist will come up on the third. But between my wife and my daughter, the level of crises that we constantly hit mm. are fucking uh, just astronomical. Like it, it, it's insane how much crises we go through, <laughs> and a lot of it deals with abuse. You know, my wife just found out that she had bipolar like back in October, so we're learning like how to manage that. Right. But everyone's got eating disorders, and the medications they give you for the bipolar can put weight on you, and, and it's just like oh, I get these... that. I understand that, right? That I mean, if that's if if I was a sixteen-year-old girl and I was being given a medication that made me gain weight, I would never take that medication. There's no way I would t I would be like oh, fuck you, fuck you, fuck your face. No way, because the sixteen-year-old girl, my forty-year-old wife, everyone's always fucking crying in this house. We got four cats. Girls are crying. Cats are throwing up. It's like a fucking nightmare, man. <laughs> you believe it, cats? That's amazing. Dude, They're four they, times they the consumer. All, everyone gets all crying, wiped out, and they can't leave the litter, clean the litter boxes. And then they get cats get constipated, so they start puking. Oh, I, the and trick I with just, the litter boxes. I just want to run around and fucking start choke slamming these motherfuckers. <laughs> The the way to deal with the cat litter is you put it in the bathroom, and every time you go potty, you clean the cat litter box too. That's how I do it. Every time I go to the bathroom, I clean the cat box. And between two cats in one box, I mean, I clean poop once a day. I clean pee like twice a day. And and it's the only thing that keeps it together. Cause even, and if I, go, if I go a day without cleaning their box, oh, I'm fucked. My 400 square foot of I mean, they're, they're angry little kitties. That's yeah. the trick. You got to be consistent yeah, like, with those little motherfuckers. That's the problem is that we, we've got this house and, uh, you know, nobody can fucking clean anything. We got oh. one of those little cunty robot vacuum guys that yeah. go around. Then I clean it. I vacuum. And then we actually have a cleaning lady that comes by like every other week. Wow. Wow. And. It's just fucking. You have a big life. Really you have a lot to take care of. That's really stressful. Like the Dude. the business of life, the day to day, every day. That seems that's a lot. Oh, but you're doing comedy again. That's good. Yeah, I'm supposed to be going tonight, but right now it's 16 degrees. It's supposed to rain. 16 degrees. Yikes. Yeah. I was bitching about it. I was like, oh, it's 70 degrees out right now, but with the wind chill, it's like 55. I'm freezing. <laughs> oh, dude, with the wind chill, we'll hit fucking negative numbers. Nightmare! So you're probably, yeah. it's too cold to go do comedy. Well, that's the other thing, you know, all this shit's going on and it's so cold, we're all cooped up in the house together. Sure. But my fucking, my nine-year-old... The champion. She was so excited about her Mutiny Radio T-shirt. We got the package. Oh, rad! Oh my God, you got uh, the package! Yay! You were, that was my COVID blanket. I was so happy to have something to do. I was. I mean, seriously, I was cooped up. It was crazy. I didn't know what to do, so I just was like, "I'm making Steve's blanket." 
<laughs> yeah, she uh, she was so thrilled about the blanket. She put her shirt on immediately. She wore that to school today. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, you had a poster in the bottom of there, which uh, she's hanging up in her room. Yay! Well, you should come back for the next one in October. Possibility. And what's funny is, uh, so the end date, October 16th. Mm-hmm. That's my wife's birthday. Oh, Nice. So well, they, they all want to come out and uh, see all my friends from California. They haven't met my dad. They haven't even talked to him on the phone. He's kind of a cunt, though. So I'm just, <laughs> He's still alive, though. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Yay. After so, all of those, like, health complications, he's still around. That's that's great. He's, he's still puttering around with his Spanish-speaking girlfriend after he fucking talk shit about Hispanics for as long as I can remember. <laughs> oh, the hypocrisy. That's lovely. Yeah, you should come out. You should plan to come out for the festival. Um, I'm moving it from March to October now because the weather was so great last year and it's... Um, and it's my birthday week, too, so I was like, yay. And it gives me something to think about other than being old as fuck. So I <laughs> enjoy that. But, um, hey, you want to hear the crazy news that just happened? So I did I did a little, um, a little witchcraft spell yesterday at 2.22 in the afternoon for 2.22.22. And I was wearing a 2.2, and it was a Tuesday. So all the twos aligned at 2.22.22. 2.22 in the afternoon, and I did a little spell, and it already came true, so there was this thing on the internet that someone passed around, and they're like, oh, Netflix is looking for an intern for a new animation project thing, and you can apply, and I was like, oh, I've got spec scripts, why not look at this, so I sent in the first little teaser thing that they asked, and they already got back to me this morning and asked for more information. And I uploaded some more spec scripts for them. And I'm just over the, I mean, I, they, they re, I sent a thing, a shotgun blast in the dark, and they got back to me. Nice. So I'm, I already, I uploaded everything this morning because it was time sensitive too. They said, hey, this is time sensitive email. Thanks for sending us. Uh, for Netflix, we're asking for more information. Uh, if you can send this by Thursday at noon. And I'm like, ha, ah, ah. And I got it today, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's like tomorrow. Dude, huh, this is good. This is time-sensitive. This is crazy. And so I uploaded um, to the scripts. And I'm so happy because the only reason those scripts were done is that at the beginning of COVID, everyone did all those Zoom things. And I was like, oh, we're going to do Zoom plays. And I said, oh, well, I'll take these stories that I'd written and turn them into screenplays and so or into whatever's. And so I had them, and I sent them, and they got back to me. And, oh, my God. Excellent. Right? I mean – and, like, they're doing reverse ageism now. Like, they like old people, and I would be the best old intern. I would work so hard. I'd be so diligent, and I love animation, and I'm non-sequitur as fuck and magical realism. Like, I think they'd love me. So, anyways, hopefully they read my two. I sent them in It's Always Sunny spec script, and I sent them Dottie and Bree's Escape, the one about the two whores leaving Vegas with a suitcase full of coke being followed by the Koreans and demons and all these kinds yeah, of things. I, I think that'd be perfect for you because... With all the creativity you have, you're not limited by anything in animation. Right. That's what I told them when they you said, know? why are you passionate about animation? And I was like, because you could do anything. You could go to space. You could like, you can be non sequitur, like Family Guy. I did all – I like plugged in all of my favorite little 
genres and things and i was like miyazaki yeah, like with with acting they're like we don't have the budget for a helicopter exactly i mentioned office. budgets too so you're you and i are right on the same page like in the in the thing where they're like why are you passionate about animation all of those things were mentioned it's budgetless it's for entertainment and um i'm just I can't believe it. Like I'm, I mean, I'm trying to kind of keep it secret. No one listens to this podcast, so I'm not worried. But I haven't put it on like Facebook or anything, and I haven't told anybody. I'm just like, because oh, I just, I mean, I just sent it in on Tuesday. They got back to me this morning, and they wanted something by Thursday. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is this all bodes well for me. And it's only four months, so I would just. And they said, "What are you doing for the next 150 days?" And I was like, "You know, I got comedy six days a week, but I can farm that out. I can get a sub and a second for all my weekly shows, whatevs." Um, right. Because and four, a four month gig in L.A. Um, hello, I could totally, I could easily get someone to cover the station for me for four months, and I have you people like to feed the cat. Well, I'd get Jonathan to live in my house. So we'd have okay. three houses to live in. Or, I mean, I could get anybody. I mean, it's fine. I got an apartment. But I'd come back up here on weekends and stuff like that, too. And I don't know. I'm, now, I'm, now I'm, like, dreaming. This just happened this week. So And it's not. I don't think. I mean, I want to think positively. But come on. But anyway, I'm just like, oh, wow. Someone's Even Netflix is going to read my Dottie and Bree's Escape? That's amazing. Like, I wrote that story. I have so many stories, too. I'm like, <laughs> See, that's that's how you know it's meant to be because you got such a back catalog of stuff on top of whatever you can create. Yeah. Because they're content machines, man. They fucking drill that shit. They need that shit all the time. If if they came to me, and they even had like preschool stuff, and man, if I got into Netflix, I'd be like, okay, I've got this idea. I've got this. I've got an idea for a reality TV show that's banger that no one's ever done. It's completely unique and perfect, and it's not like nothing anyone's ever done, and it would hit all these different demographics, and I already have it worked out. And I'm like, just get my foot in the door, and like, whoa, I could just... I because I, I watch all their stuff and some of it's so, eh, you know, like yeah, meh. You kind of just you just sort of swung because like you gotta have something on there and it's and idiots will watch anything. Anyways, I feel you on that. Well, good for you, Pam. Thank it's about you. time you got some uh, <laughs> extra hot shit going on. I know. Well, and this this um, Saturday I get to be at Alameda Comedy Club on a real show at seven and nine. So, 15 minutes, which is good. Yeah. So, you know. You got to get shows in the very clubs. I got three comedy clubs by me right now. Ah! Two Funny Bones and uh, this place called Backdoor Comedy. That's like a smaller room. But, uh, you know, all these people, I mean, as long as you don't come during deer hunting season, there will be plenty of people in there for the audience. Right. That's great. Well, how close are you to, which Funny Bones are you close to? We just had a new one open up in the town that I'm in, and the other one, they're like 30 minutes apart. Wow. Well, and they know you from before. Just start going back. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I did. The one that's been around for so long, uh, I kind of try to avoid because I'm trying to just – I got booked for March 19th to headline 45 Minutes, this AA show. Cool. And uh, I, I, I would have turned it down. But they offered me 200 bucks, and that's how much it costs to uh, get my nine-year-old's name changed to a female name like she wants. Cool. So I was like, I'll do it for that. So I'm not really trying to get 
good at comedy. I'm just trying not to feel guilty for stealing these people's money. No, you're not, but you have all of your old felony funny stuff. And didn't you tape your felony funny at the Funny Bone? <laughs> um, yes. So... Well, I, I have felony funny, and then, uh... I had Cafe Destiny, which was like the first one, and then I had Unlovable Belligerence, which never got released, which was a DVD. Wow. I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't know about that one. So I just know Felony Funny. If if a giant bird came and ripped off the roof and took me. Dude, you... I, don't, I don't remember any of that shit. <laughs> I, keep a little, I keep a little cat hair in my pocket just in case. Oof. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to literally, I've got to start probably uh, this week with all the snow coming. i got to start trying to remember what my act was. Yeah, but you could pepper it with new stuff. Just if you listen to Felony Funny, you'll remember it all. It's all still in there. Come on. I know. My my nine-year-old's dying for me to get back into comedy and have her come to uh, a show. And I'm like, ah. Well, she should start now. I have two 13-year-olds that um, come to my room regularly, even tonight at Asiento at a real show, a book show. This one kid, Luca Branches, he's 13. It's so cute because he started when he was 12, and he's going through a growth spurt, and his voice is changing, and it's awesome. But he, he's he got two different eight-minute sets. He's fucking amazing. He's incredible. And he's he's 13 years old. And then there's another 13-year-old named Liam who's come now, and I, I'm not putting him on a show yet because he's not good enough, but he has like five minutes. And the, the joke, the running joke here when they come on Joke Workshop is like, when they're giving feedback, people, they're like, yeah, 13, you started way too late. This is a dumb hobby. Don't don't follow this. <laughs> but good, good luck, kid. You're starting way too late. So if yours... Uh, if your girl starts at nine, hell yeah. Oh yeah, she she wants to be a YouTube personality, social media TikToker. Yeah. If I could just get her to clean up when she's done eating. Well, you know, make it a make it a thing. Like after she's done cleaning up, whatever you want her to clean up, you agree to film something for twenty seconds or help a TikTok. Yeah. Right. No, we're we're gonna. Get her started. And actually, she uh, she just got home now. Ooh, go um, go take care of daughter. So, yeah, I gotta I gotta jump off here, but it's good talking to you, fam. Thank you for the quilt. It's amazing. It's actually it's on our bed right now. Yeah. Like, do you see how I did it? Now. I I left all the insides in so it would be warmer. So I anyways. yeah. No, it's actually it's got a nice weight to it, and with all the anxiety and fear these three mongrels have, that'll be perfect. Yay! I'm so happy. That was your wedding present. Uh, it just you. took me a long time to make it. Well, th- <laughs> thank you. Praise the COVID. Praise the COVID. I know, right? I put me on COVID again so I can make another quilt. Okay, you're the best. You're you're a great dad. You're doing a great job. Call me anytime. And uh, I will. I'll yeah, think later, good man. thoughts for Netflix. All right. Yeah. Let me know how that turns out. I will. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Yay! That was old dumb face. Yay, that was fun. Oh, my gosh. I got to talk to old dumb face. Hey, this is Mutiny Radio. And we are going to listen to some more Flat Black Plastic until at 2 o'clock in 22 minutes. We have LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, coming through. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. And I'll find out what's going on in the world because I am submerged not in a barrel of whiskey or a barrel of IPA. Nay. I'm submerged in, I'm going to go smoke this bong over here after all this pot talk. We'll be back at 2 o'clock live. Oh, come out tonight, please, to Asiento, 730, great show, Luca Branches, Wyatt Frigato, 
uh, Dave Coker, Jake Rush out of Portland. Who else? Sarah Guff. And there's one more on the bill. I'm a dick. Okay. Oh, uh, Dan Lewis. Yes. It's going to be a great show tonight, so come on out to Asiento. I'll be back live at uh, 2 o'clock.
Oh, oh, oh. 
asked the guy why he's so fly, he said, Funky Comedina. This brother told me a secret on how to get more chicks. Put a little Medina in your glass, and the girl can come real quick. It's better than any alcohol or aphrodisiac. A couple of sips of this little potion, and she'll be on your lap. So I gave some to my dog. When he began to Right before he was much, much meaner. But now all the poodles run to my house for the monkey home with Dina. So I took her to my crib and everything went well as planned. But when she got her dress, it was a big old mess. Sheena was a man. 